Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Well, have you ever thought to yourself how extraordinary and incredible a woman's body is that it can conceive, grow, birth and feed another human being? Now, when you take a step back and really think about it, it's nothing short of miraculous how nature really works. So in saying this, as women, we really need to appreciate how phenomenal our bodies are and simply just be proud of the changes it has to go through to create life. So it's not time for us to be judging our aesthetics and comparing our postpartum body to the way that it used to look. So the question is, why do we put so much pressure on ourselves? You know, I think a lot of this has to do with what society thinks and tells us. So the only way to change this is, well, just to change how we think and the way that we see ourselves. So to help talk to us about this today and how we can learn to love our postpartum bodies, we welcome our special guest, Kat. Now, how, Kat, how do I pronounce your surname? Because it's beautiful and I'm going to mispronounce it. So how do I, how do I pronounce it? It's Kat Suchet. It sounds French, but it's not. It's from South Africa originally. So. It's, it's a beautiful name. I wouldn't have been able to have done that justice. So, <laughs> now, Kat is a physiotherapist and owner of Hatch Athletic, a postpartum online training program for athletic mums. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm really well, Rachel. Thank you. Um, very well indeed. We've got some sunshine in Sydney, so we're happy about that. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> now, during pregnancy, you know, the changes in our bodies are exciting as, you know, we experience the growth and development of our unborn child. However, the changes to our bodies post-birth are much more permanent as, as we have to learn to accept, you know, the lasting changes our pregnancy has on our body. You know, so as women, we put a great deal of pressure on ourselves to look and feel our best. And if anything, the majority of the time, this really is for ourselves first before wanting to do this for anyone else, of course. But I would love to know from your perspective, why do you think we put so much pressure on ourselves with this particular subject? It's a really good question. And I think this is the basis of why Hatch came about in the first place is because there seems to be such a pressure these days on women uh, to bounce back, so to speak, and to reclaim their pre-baby bodies and be this overarching super mum that basically was completely immune to pregnancy and didn't ever have any changes to her body whatsoever. Yes, miraculously, and like, you know, the body's just done all this stuff and it's gone back to normal. <laughs> and, and, and then we are sort of accolades of applause that these women that sort of stride on the beach with 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 these flat stomachs and babies on their hips and I think the problem mainly stems in social media unfortunately I don't think that this was a problem for my parents generation um and certainly not in the past it was women didn't look at their bodies in that way and not in the way that they do now we had it a bit with magazines um in the 90s and the noughties but since Instagram, Facebook, and at, the, at our fingertips, we have pictures of women strutting along the beach with their flat stomachs and toddlers on their hips. And it's just 
not realistic at all. Um, but we feel, because it's in our mind's eye all the time and we see it all day, every day, we feel and our brains believe it, that it's real. Yes. And unfortunately, it's just, it's just not realistic. It's not real at all. <laughs> now, I'd love to acknowledge we published your article and the title is Learning to Love uh, Your Postpartum Body. Now, and of course, that is featured in our newborn guide as well. Now, for someone who hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what the article is about and what inspired you to write it? So the article is all about being kind to yourself and having a bit more awareness about what real actually is in the postpartum phase, which, by the way, is for the rest of your life. I know that sounds really dramatic, but um, it doesn't need to be. It needs to be embraced and celebrated. You've had a baby, so you will be postpartum forever, but there can be so much positivity that can come from that. So what I was trying to get at with the article was to allow women to give themselves permission to have a body that evolves and changes because they've had a baby. And what we focus on in the article is, is specifically at this day and age that we are now is that women are fitter and more athletic than ever before. There's more emphasis on having that toned body, that perfect physique, that bikini body, that these pressures are so in the forefront of our minds um, that I decided to give a few tips and pointers on how as fit women that aspire to have goddess bodies, how we can think differently, um, especially how we can loosen that locus of control over our bodies and that, that feeling of needing to control our bodies in, in such an aesthetic way, like like you mentioned in the intro. Mm, I, I love what you said, um, you know, for us women to give ourselves permission to have a body that evolves and changes. That's really, really quite powerful. So, yes. Um, now, in your article, you list six ways uh, a woman can change the way that she thinks and sees her postpartum body. Now, I'd love to go through them with with you now, starting with the first one, which is look forwards, not backwards. Now, why do you think it is important to accept that your body will never go back to the way that it was? Um, because it's true. <laughs> Even if you are one of these genetically blessed people, your body's never going to look exactly as it did before. Um, and I think these, these words that we use is pre-baby body um, is very deceptive. Uh, yeah. Because pre, a pre-baby body doesn't exist. It's simply impossible. It would be like turning back time. <laughs> um, it, it will never go back exactly to how it was. There might be some slightly looser skin. Your breasts might look different. Something's going to be different, even if it means just the hormones swimming around your body are slightly altered. Um, so reclaiming your pre-baby body is a myth. <laughs> let's, let's get that straight. Um, in terms of the mindset with that then, we just need to think, rather than thinking backwards and thinking about the past, we need to think about where we are now and yes. where we're going forwards. Um, so everything is a forwards journey. We're looking towards the future with the body that we have now that created our beautiful babies <laughs> and, um, and what we can do and achieve with that body in a positive way. Yes. Now, in a post 
postpartum changes to a woman's body can be quite confronting for many. Um, and in particular, this can be challenging for women who um, sort of are quite athletic. Um, so can you maybe just expand on this a little bit and tell us why this is the case? I think an athletic woman is very used to manipulating her body by changing certain things like a sleep ritual or a food ritual or maybe a squat program or potentially a different fitness program. Um, Before you've had a baby, that's perfectly possible. You can lose five kilos if you want by doing a crash diet of X, Y, Z. Um, so it's like a sense of control, isn't it? It's like having a certain sense of control over your body. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think in general, an athletic woman or a fit woman or someone that's used to pushing themselves in the gym on a regular basis, let's say, um, they are used to that routine, that habit, giving them results. Mm. And I think that's why it can be so difficult for the fit population, um, in our generation is that um when you have a baby that locus of control reduces and it's simply not that simple to add a and b and get c anymore so you could you could be doing a lot of work um, and a brilliant postpartum program but you might not get the result that you had originally expected And it doesn't mean that you won't be stronger and it doesn't mean that you won't be fitter in both your body and your mind, but your body might not look in the same way as as how you used to manipulate it. it So why is it important to embrace the changes just for our well-being then, do you think? Because I think there would be a long-term dissatisfaction and sense of negativity if we don't. Yeah. I think that's dangerous. Um, I think that's really dangerous and it, makes us focus on aesthetics being the point of pleasure and happiness. Yeah. Um, And I think that is a road to ruin for a woman because naturally we'll be aging. Naturally our, our looks aren't going to last forever. So if we can practice to embrace our bodies as they evolve during pregnancy, then we will learn to love ourselves from the inside out. And that is a brilliant skill to have on a sort of lifelong journey, I would say. Completely agree with you. Now, moving on to the next point, which is ignore what other people think. You know, how can uh, a woman best shift her focus less on what other people think and more about what her body has done just to get there? Yeah. Well, they say comparison is the thief, thief of joy. So don't think about anybody else. <laughs> Ignore what anybody else is thinking. In fact, you don't know what other people are thinking about you. They may be looking at you and being very complimentary in their, in their mind, thinking, wow, this woman looks incredible. Oh, my goodness. And then you're thinking, oh, my gosh, she's looking at me. What she's thinking? Is she judging me? We just don't know. We're not in other people's heads. And we're always, we always turn things as women this is a presumption, but I would say we always tend to hazard around the negative <laughs> in terms of what other people are thinking about us when we compare. Yeah. But, but people are generally very well-meaning. And I, I would say there's a lot of women out there that would be like, wow, this girl is seriously, seriously doing a really good job. So we don't know what people are thinking. Ignore that because 
you need to celebrate what your body has done to get there. And it's a very vulnerable time for you on your own journey and take everybody else out of it. You're going to need all the reserves of energy that you've got to think about yourself and not, it doesn't really matter what anyone else is thinking. Completely agree. It, it is a relatively vulnerable time for a woman's well-being and healing as well post-birth. I'd love to know, do you have any other tips or you know, what can we do to strengthen our self-love and compassion? Do you have any tips? I would say manage your expectations and be kind to yourself. What your body has done over the last nine months and what you're doing now in terms of raising this awesome little baby and on sleep deprivation as well, um, be kind to yourself. Maybe you need to write all of the small wins that you've achieved over the last 24 hours and what you're doing on a daily basis because what you're doing is awesome right now and you need to give yourself the credit and before you need to give yourself the permission to be a bit vulnerable and vulnerability can also be strong I think there's a negative connotation with vulnerability but you've just birthed another another child (laughs) another human um so be kind to yourself and give yourself that permission to take it slow yes I completely agree with you. Now, I'd love to talk about this next one because I think this is something that everyone at one stage in their life, I'm sure, has has sort of suffered with. Um, and as we're talking about vulnerability, sort of postpartum, no doubt is something that when we are quite vulnerable um, that we would all feel. But the next point is to resist comparison. You know, why is it important that we don't compare our postpartum body to others and focus um really on being kind to ourselves, which is a bit of a flow on from the last point. But I think comparison, as you said before, is something that social media and the likes of just, you know, society in general do have a lot of us subconsciously or consciously doing. So I'd love to know what your thoughts are on this. Definitely. And I would say this was a big point. This is a big point for all my mums that are in my community at the moment. Mm. only the other day I asked them to offer some advice to girls and women going through this right now. And the most common theme that came up from the advice of women that have been through this already was don't compare yourself to other people. Um, So I think that's a really poignant point. Um, I say in my article, the green eyed monster will get you into all sorts of trouble. So it's best avoided. (laughs) Um, And it's true because everybody is different. Um, like you said, it rolls on a bit, but everyone is thinking different things. Everyone's experience is different. Everyone has different genes. Everyone carried differently. They had different birth stories. Everyone's pregnancy was different. So, and it's very, very easy. I mean, I did it. I I don't know any pregnant woman that has been through pregnancy and postpartum who hasn't looked at, oh, well, so-and-so she's doing this and -and so-and-so did that. And, I think it is human nature. So I think it's important to recognize that, that we will do it naturally. Um, but the awareness of the comparison tendency would be a really good thing to start with is just stop yourself when you're doing it and be like, oh, yes, oh, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing the comparison thing. That's the first step because it is so common and such a common habit. Um, and you're completely normal if you do it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, it's just getting to the point where you're like, right, no, I'm gonna. I, I'm aware that I'm doing this. So now. self-awareness <laughs> is something that you're saying is really important to be able to catch ourselves out. Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. 
self-awareness. <laughs> yeah. Well, then the next point is affirmation. You know, why do you think it is important to use affirmations for us to view our postpartum body? And how can we use affirmations to do this? Yeah. Affirmations are super important because we are what we think. It's as simple as that. The more we think about something, the more real it becomes. So if you feel like you hate your body and that I've heard some of my girls use the fact that they feel like they were a failure or perhaps that they're never going to look the same again or a lot of negative vibes and negative language, your brain is going to believe it after a while and it's a, it's a negative feedback loop. So as crazy as it sounds, affirmations work. <laughs> and it might be as simple as staring yourself in the mirror, not believing that you look amazing, but telling yourself that you look amazing every single morning, every damn day, and how you would like to see yourself. Even if you don't right now, stare at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself how you would like to see yourself. You're beautiful, you're strong, you're amazing, you look incredible today. And just practice that again and again, because research proves the, the fact that neurologically you will begin to feel better and better and better and in the end you're you will start to believe it and the fact of the matter is it is true <laughs> you well, are amazing you are strong you are beautiful we are what we say we are and affirmations really like anything um is with our bodies is like a like a muscle the more we the more we use them um, the more we say them, the more we believe them. So uh, even though you may feel silly at the start by saying it because it is something initially that is so far-fetched from what you think and feel and what you see and what you believe, when you continuously um, sort of say those a daily mantra to yourself. And I think it is important to be able to make it a daily ritual if it's right after you brush your teeth and just give yourself, you know, those four minutes or whatever it is to brush your teeth and just give yourself another four minutes afterwards just to stand in front of that mirror and to look at yourself and to be able to give yourself credit. And I think it's about finding maybe the right mantra that really resonates with you uh, as well because mm -hmm. it's one of the, do you think as well? I think it's something about finding something that really resonates with you that, that you feel with in yourself and it's just it just keeps saying it to yourself every day and like a muscle it gets stronger and and I think and then it just grows from there too things grow and develop your thought process changes um your outlook changes it just puts you on a completely different like trajectory don't you think yeah 100% and it does it does work but you do have to do something that works for you so it yeah. could be it could be very personal it could be it could be anything, but it's it's got to work for you, and it's got to sing sing to your to your song sheet, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's just about finding <clears throat> that four minutes, however long it is that you're going to do that every day. But do that for yourself. It's just having some self love and just having that, just blocking that time out. So if you said to say, you know, I'm going to brush my teeth and do my mm -hmm. my um, sort of like manifestation and, and and all of my affirmations, just for you know. So it's 10 minutes in your whole day to brush your, te brush your teeth and do that, I think it's a great idea. Now, the yeah. next point in your article is acceptance. You know, what happens if a woman can't look at her, her body objectively without having an opinion about it? You know, what should they do? Should they learn 
to, to look at their body and accept it for what it is. This is, I guess, what we just just talking about. I guess if if initially that she's going to start with these affirmations and she doesn't necessarily believe it, and or like, what else can we be doing? Do you think to, to try and change the way that we see ourselves? Um, acceptance is a bit like mindfulness, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of people watching this that will have heard of that. Um, but what it does is you actually go through your body and identify the bits that are different yes um, and talk to them and label them and get familiar with them because it is it's really different you spent 20 30 years with one body and then very very quickly there are there are these changes there may be scars your nipples or your breasts like I said they might look different the skin around your stomach so go there go there go to where it's uncomfortable and explore it look at the scar touch the scar get familiar with it, give it a name if you have to. <laughs> um, do the same with your breasts, like really get in there, like feel them, what do they feel like now? They're part of you, you need to get to know it again. Yes. Um, and sort of explore the landscape of your new body and come to terms with it in a way. Um, because it can be quite confronting if you haven't and you keep going to the mirror and be like, oh, this is this, is this stranger looking back in the mirror. But um, so, yeah, really explore your body and um, talk about it. Uh, I know it's, it might sound a bit strange, but it, it's really helpful. I, and then you'll learn that these battle scars, they don't necessarily define you, but they are part of you. Yes. And I think this flows perfectly onto your next point, which is celebrating. Um, that it's yeah. important for a mum to celebrate what her body has gone through. So this is the same sort of thing, isn't it? Really just looking at those, as you call them, battle scars and appreciating them um, and seeing what your body has gone through, but look what you have as a result of it and just celebrating your body, don't you think? That's it. And the, fin- the final point is that is exactly that, a very positive celebration of what that body has done where it's been and what those scars mean you know that's that scar there means I've got this incredible boy or this incredible girl Mm -hmm. in my life and without those scars I wouldn't have him or her yes Um, and celebrate your body for what it's achieved without that excess skin I wouldn't have you know I wouldn't have grown in that lovely way to to give my baby a home I know it's yeah it's a mindset shift isn't it really yeah, it's just, it's trying to look on the positivity and be grateful for what your body's done to to give you your baby. Um, and also in the article, you speak about um, receiving sort of rehab. Now, receiving the correct rehab is not just for athletic mums, but all mums. So I'd love, can you just share with us, I guess, some of the more common rehab postpartum sort of things that mums sort of go through that you want to just maybe share? Yeah, absolutely. I think the one of the really big points to mention in this, if we're, if we're going to be talking about postpartum rehab, mm. is, and it isn't necessarily completely commonplace around the world yet, um, but all mums should really be seeking out a women's health physiotherapy appointment after they've had a baby. And it's um, something that I'm working really hard to try and change um, because at the moment it's not offered as standard. I know certainly in the UK, Australia and the US, it's not offered as standard. You have to have had a birth injury or birth trauma to, to get that on, on public health. And in the US, it's not offered at all. and You'd have to go privately. Um, however, push if you can to get a women's health appointment, if you possibly, possibly can. 
Um, this is really, really important for you to assess the landscape and see where you're at. That will tell you um, how well any, if you've had a vaginal birth, how well any tearing has has healed, if you've got any prolapses at all. And if you've had a C-section, what's happening with the scar and where you're at in terms of being able to return to exercise. And that's very, very important, especially if you have goals of returning to exercise or high intensity fitness or weightlifting. Mm -hmm. It's it's really interesting because when um, an athlete sort of has uh, something happen to their body, they they seek rehab afterwards, but it's just not very common that that women after the birth um, of a baby seek any form of sort of rehab. It's it's quite an interesting sort of point, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And I'm, the physiotherapy world is up in arms, but it's not offered as standard because to all intents and purposes, birth is an injury. Um, you know, if you had open abdominal surgery for a cardiac problem or, or um, open cardiac surgery, or open abdominal surgery for an um, abdomen problem, you would automatically be checked by a physiotherapist. In the Absolutely. Hmm. But as um, someone that has a cesarean, you're not. Um, Crazy, isn't it? Same goes for vaginal deliveries as standard it's not offered and yet the muscular injury that your body your pelvic floor will have gone through as a very natural process even if it was a straightforward birth it's still an injury and it should be checked by women's health physio completely agree with you so then i mean how can um, rehab change the level of control a woman has on her body and its outcomes then yeah, it can it can help in an, in an awfully big way. <laughs> um, you may be one of the lucky ones, but up to eighty percent of women will have trouble with what we call stress urinary incontinence um, during exercise if they don't do the correct rehab. So that's a pretty big stat. Um, I think that's worrying enough to want to go to women's health physio. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and there's, there's some big old problems that can happen if you rush back into the gym too quickly. So that would be another point is don't think that if you're comfortable and there's no pain that you don't need to do any postpartum rehab. Um, it's simply not the case. There is a healing process that the body will go through. And if you rush straight back into the gym and just take it slowly, um, it's impossible to work on a sort of graded and progressive way that cares for your healing body. So take the six weeks. There's usually a typical six week wait, go and see your GP, go and see a women's health physio, and then take it very, very slowly and do a postpartum exercise program that fits with you and your lifestyle Mm. to avoid things like pelvic organ prolapse which can happen postpartum if you rush back into the gym too quickly and don't do the rehab Mm. and also that stress urinary incontinence which is so common with women that have had babies and it doesn't need to be yes so i mean do you think that there's more pressure on women who were fit pre-pregnancy to feel like they should be able to bounce back quickly and if so like why oh a hundred percent i think there's a lot of social pressure within gyms themselves for fit women to bounce back even like, more. Yeah. yeah. Because you were fit, um, you're seen potentially as immune to all of, these, all of these ailments and pregnancy traumas and things that you can have from, from birth. But um, it's simply not the case. We're human. We're human women that have when been through a really yeah. <laughs> um, 
but it, there is there is a very big societal pressure on a fit woman that she seems to be very very capable at all things, and therefore. I mean, it was said to me, I, I was an uh, athlete before I had my baby. Oh, wow. Was, what sort of athlete were you? Um, a CrossFit athlete. That's fantastic. <laughs> so you yeah. had that pressure on yourself and then from other people or just more, more so yourself to be able to just bounce back? I think there was a certain expectation in, in where I was training and, and my sort of the competitive community. That, and it would just be said co- in a very complimentary way but um, people would say, oh, yes, you, you know, you're so fit. You're, you're going to smash this and you're going to be back in the gym in no time. And you pre- like we said before, you, you hear it so many times, you process it and you think, well, actually, I should, I should then. If people are expecting me to, then my body should be able to and I'm strong and capable and why wouldn't I be able to just bounce back? Because there are a few anomalies, there are a few outliers of women on Instagram like, highly professional athletes that have done it um and so you think well, if they've done it then so can I but um, sort of set unrealistic expectations that everyone yeah, should be able to do it absolutely and yeah. and what don't see is that this woman on Instagram is supported by a team of women's health physios um and that um she is a genetic anomaly <laughs> um a freak of nature <laughs> she's been able to do yeah. that <laughs> yeah and frankly, if you are um, a normal woman trying to hold down some sort of career during pregnancy and then you've got your hands tied and you've got not much help with your baby and you're trying to rehab yourself all at the same time, you're... Potentially other children and a household and a, and a, and a partner and your life. Yeah, you're, you're juggling the plates already. So getting back into postpartum... Um, sorry getting back into the gym very very quickly and trying to nail that and try to be competitive and with yourself you're going to run the risk of injury because you there comes a point where your body's just gonna give out yeah what are you doing to me (laughs) negative or fear-mongering at all and um I, i really hope it doesn't come across that way but instead it's more about having the knowledge that um, there, is, there is a process that you need to follow. Um, and I think there is a population of women that are in a quite a male-dominated environment these days. It might be a weightlifting gym, it might be a CrossFit gym, um, a hit, hit gyms or these high-intensity gyms or obstacle course racing, now Tough Mudders. Yes, there's more and more women in there, but the coaches, the, the, the people that are egging us on are often male and they don't, always totally understand what a woman has to go through in in terms of pregnancy and postpartum so there's also that that pressure there from a a demographic that don't necessarily understand the whole picture as well as much as well yeah Yeah. so I, I think it's just a case of applying the knowledge and taking the ownership of this knowledge for yourself and being strong with that and taking it into the gym with you saying no, I'm not going to bounce back. No, I'm not going to rush back into that um, barbell workout or that kettlebell workout. I'm going to follow the process. I'm going to do the due diligence and I'm going to rehab my body properly yes. so that I can enjoy my sport and my fitness and my gym for the, 
for the long term. I think that's the point too, just to enjoy it because that's the whole reason we sort of started doing it in the first place is, is because the way it makes us feel. So it's actually just getting to that point of enjoying it and it's not a chore and something that we yeah. have to do because of this outcome, this unrealistic outcome that we necessarily yeah. want for ourselves. And if you're a fit woman, you know what that feels like. You know, yes. you're, addi- you're addicted to sport beforehand. You're addicted to the gym. You love the gym. The endorphins, yeah. Absolutely. And so you're, you're desperate to get back into it. You want to go. You want to get back. And there's that self-motivation as well. Yeah. Um, but you need to keep in check a little bit just so that you can get all that endorphin and all that rush and all that enjoyment for the long term and really enjoy it rather than rushing back in and then ending up with, perhaps something undesirable and then not being able to enjoy it in the long term, which would be unfortunate. So your business is focused on fit or athletic pregnant and postpartum mums, which is a quite niche market, I would think. I mean, do you think that the modern female mindset has shifted, um, you know, over the last sort of 20 or so years? And if so, how? Do you think that, I'd hate to say it, but social media, as you've referenced a few times during the chat today, is is partly to blame for this sort of stuff? Um, Yes, yes and no, but I just think it's been a natural evolution that women are getting fitter. Um, And I think it's brilliant. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it's negative at all. I think it's unbelievably brilliant. I think from my mum's generation, fitness looked like keep fit aerobics and maybe a swim. Um, and in the matter of like 20, 30 years, fitness has just grown exponentially and been so much accessible for women now. And it's so, it's so acceptable and normal for any woman that has a job and has a career, has a, career, has, a fam- has a family, has a home, also has a, a fitness enjoyment as well. And, that, and that's so normal, you know. We, like I said, we know our dumbbells from our kettlebells these days. But, <laughs> but the guidance hasn't really caught up, if that makes sense. So the education along with it. So, yeah. so for pregnancy and postpartum advice needs to shift, shift up a gear. Do you think so? Absolutely. Yeah, because women are pushing themselves more and they are more competitive. Um, I would say there are many more perfectionist traits than there used to be in the in the female demographic. Mm. Um, women are constantly trying to achieve, 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 and be perfect at mothers and perfect at the gym and really fit and ripped and all the rest. We're meant to be perfect cooks, and you know, there's all so, of these things that we're trying to achieve. So why do you think there is more focus um, on women wanting to be fitter and or just for themselves to be fitter? Like where, where does this come from, do you think? I don't know. I think it's seeing what's possible as well. I think, like I said, I don't, I don't want to put too much of a negative spin on it because of the, the pregnancy and postpartum mm. element. But I, I think it's generally really positive. And I think it's because people are seeing what's possible and people keep smashing um, things, marathons and like, I don't know, no one had done five kilometer, 10 kilometers, half marathon races in my mum's generation. But now we see it's possible and we want to do it too. And the world is a, is smaller and more accessible. Yeah. And it means more women are having access to these sports and That's enjoying fun. them, which is so- fab. 
So with that, I mean, what other main things fit women need to consider um, when they're sort of training whilst pregnant and also in that initial postpartum period as well? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So the first thing that they need to consider is don't ever do things for time. Um, So don't race yourself anymore. (laughs) Think about your why. Think about your why. So every time you step into the gym, ask yourself why you're doing a certain exercise and um, and then you can start to reset your goals, I think, during pregnancy. So your goals should now be along the lines of feeling great, staying social and strong from the inside out instead of having that lean beach body or, or whatever it might have been or like winning that competition or, you know. So, so ask your why and don't ever do your racing exercises for time. There's just no point. It goes back to your why. Why would you do it? Why would you race yourself? What is that to is that to get a better time than the last time? And if you're pregnant, then why is that clever? Mm. Just you can reason it with yourself. Um, there's also a lot of advice out there at the moment, and I would say this is a really big take home for anyone that's pregnancy and likes the gym. And that is that um, the main pregnancy fitness advice that still stands today is keep doing as you've always done and listen to your body, which is fine for someone who maybe does a gentle aerobics class or is used to just sort of dipping in and out of fitness. Then absolutely, fitness is great for you. You know, keep doing, keep doing it if you've been doing it before. And that's absolutely fine. But for a woman that's used to maybe doing 50 kettlebell swings in a row, mm-hmm. a woman that's maybe used to squatting 40, 50, maybe 60 kilos in a back squat or a front squat, we need to adjust those goalposts and tell her some objective things that she needs to look for instead of listening to her body because she's used to discomfort. 60 kilos, squatting 60, 70 kilos, it's not very comfortable, even when you're not pregnant. (laughs) It feels uncomfortable and we're used to feeling uncomfortable as fit women. Um, And we're used to pushing ourselves through discomfort and it makes us feel good in a strange way. So if we constantly listen to our bodies, um, we might push ourselves too far during pregnancy. So I always say, get yourself a heart rate monitor um, for an objective measure, because as competitive perfectionist women, we have the tendency to maybe push ourselves too far during pregnancy. Um, because like I said, we're used to feeling uncomfortable, mm. get a heart rate monitor. And the reason I say heart rate, heart rate is not because of the age old advice of, I think it was 140 beats a minute mm-hmm. in my mum's position. It's just to know how hard you're pushing. Um, so those heart rate things, I think, have you got a Fitbit or something? Have you ever used a Fitbit? I do. I, I have one somewhere. Yeah. So they go <laughs> green, yellow, <laughs> orange, red. I think they show you those zones. Yes, yes. I believe they would um, when you use them. <laughs> <laughs> They're really good for counting and walking as well. I believe so, I, I believe so yes. <laughs> <laughs> But for um, people that do use them, yes, I, I do believe that, that they do have those functions, yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So what that does is it just tells you when you're getting into a red zone or into that sort of really high heart rate zone. 
and what I would say um, from the research that we've done over the last um, year or so, like scouring through what is available, and there's frankly there isn't a lot available um, for this demographic of women who mm. likes to put on in the gym. Um, but the best advice is to stay out of the red zone, which is between 80 and 90% of your max heart rate. And we can't judge that by listening to our bodies. So just get a heart rate monitor um, and then you'll know when, and it actually happens really quickly, especially if you're, if you like a hot, sweaty workout as a pregnant woman, your heart rate's higher naturally anyway. So you get into that red zone way quicker than you would think. So yeah, take, test it and see body temperature is very important also when you're pregnant and Uh, and exercising also because you can't overheat your body can you no yeah no well the body won't let you overheat um however um and it will always look after your baby first so don't panic about all of these things um are actually pretty much no risk to your baby whatsoever um, your your body will do everything it can to protect your baby. This is more about protecting you. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's another sort of interesting fact I learned along the so, way. So definitely get a heart rate monitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get a heart rate monitor, but don't don't panic about it. But it's just about like learning learning your own limits. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And the heat the heat one is the same. Like you're going to be warmer because you've got more blood pumping around your body. Isn't the body amazing? You've got more blood, actual blood pumping around your body when you're pregnant. Um, so you're going to get hotter quicker and that can make you feel really, really off color if you've really pushed it in the gym. So again, it's not so much about the safety of your bub, but about your safety. You don't want to pass out or get really dehydrated due to overheating or really overdoing it. So that that's the main reason. So is there anything else that women need to consider when they're training whilst pregnant at all then? Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's, um, there's a, a lot of advice on my website as well, so I won't go into it too much here. But there are some movements and techniques and things that you should probably be avoiding. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is looking for something called coning or doming of the abdomen or your tummy. Um, mm-hmm. And basically what happens when we're pregnant and when our bellies grow during pregnancy is our abdominal muscles stretch to make, to make way. Um, and so they will separate and the little line of tissue that connects the two sides of your abdominal muscles is quite, is quite fragile. It's called the linear alba. And when we do things like sit-ups and any sort of abdominal bracing movements, um, we can cause quite a lot of pressure out on that really fragile linear alba. And we want to avoid that if at all possible, because when we give birth, we want those abs to come back together as best they can. Um, so we don't want to stretch them or fatigue them in, in a way that's not necessary. So avoid any movements that cause this tenting of your tummy and it can look a little bit like a sort of coning or a doming outwards and common movements um, that can cause that are any sort of pulling movements so that might be rowing or um, any bar hanging movements that you might be doing if you if you do any gymnastics movements like leg raises um, you want to avoid any abdominal bracing movements like sit-ups or knee raises or candlesticks and avoid any bracing movements in a plank position which can mean that gravity will will pull your 
call your um into that tent shape as well so that we call those prone loaded positions like um push-up positions or planking mm-hmm um, and the last one is try to avoid holding your breath if you're doing any lifting. Um, so that can be anything from getting up from the sofa, if you're not one of these fit people that are smashing it in the gym, just getting up from the sofa, try not to hold your breath um, because that can cause an increased pressure um, on your abdomen as you rise. So just breathe out slowly as, as you go through any kind of effort when you're pregnant it's a good habit to get into because when you're training postpartum as well that's what we teach mm-hmm. um, but for anyone that's used to lifting anything at all like a kettlebell a dumbbell or a barbell don't breath hold or the maneuver is called valsalva breathing and that technique is really only should be reserved for maximum or sub-maximum lifts and again we wow. need to remember why and why why are you having to breath hold to achieve this and is that really the thing that you want to be doing whilst you're pregnant so yeah. and you've got lots more information on your website um about so, that and yeah. and and just with regards to just addressing i guess what the main things are that fit women need to consider when they're training postpartum is there any sort of main points that you maybe want to share with us just, just initially and of course if they've got any other questions of course they can go to your website and find out as well yeah, so go to your women's health physio. That's number one. Yeah. Second, and as part of that, and secondly, you need to learn how to really nail a, a really good pelvic floor squeeze. Um, and it's actually, I should have put that in the pregnancy advice as well. Like you can do this and learn this before you even give birth. And it's really advisable that you do um, because um, it will stand you in really, really good stead. And it's more than just a Kegel. Kegels. Have you heard of Kegels? I've heard of Kegels. Yes. I think most people have heard of a Kegel as this sort of um, squeeze down there. (laughs) Um, But a a real core squeeze, a real pelvic floor squeeze, it involves the breath and the whole core system. Um, So it's about learning to coordinate all those elements into one (laughs) manoeuvre. So it's quite a technique. It's a little bit like sort of like patting your tummy and sort of your head at the same time because you, I built my, from what I understand, you should be able to still breathe as you're sort of doing your pelvic four squeezes. That's, is that right? That's right. Um, generally, we say breathe out while you squeeze and breathe in as you relax. That's the first thing. Um, with time, you're right, you should be able to do what we call an endurance squeeze. So you should be able to squeeze and hold it whilst you're just breathing normally, but that's a bit more advanced. <laughs> um, and none of this clenching and none of this sort of 100% squeeze. We just look for 30% effort. Um, I've got a video on my website that goes into how you coordinate all those elements, but with the breathing and your whole core I call it a corset. It's like it goes all the way around your midsection to your back. Mm. And there is a way to coordinate all of that together. And that really, really helps with any postpartum recovery. Fantastic. So just tell us a little bit about Hatch Athletic and, of course, um, I guess how sort of people can find you as well. Yeah, sure. Um, So Hatch Athletic is... To all intents and purposes, it's um, a 12-week online training program. For Fantastic. Months. Yep. Um, so everything's digital. Everything's online. You can access it from anywhere in the world. Um, 
But we are also a pregnancy and postpartum resource hub for women that are into fitness or the higher intensity fitnesses such as F45, HIIT classes and CrossFit. Um, the reason why I say that as a quite a niche thing is because the postpartum program itself gets you from approximately six weeks postpartum to a point where you could comfortably return to a CrossFit class. So we do introduce barbell movements in there at the end, towards the end. There's a squat program in there, which some of the more athletic mums love. Mm -hmm. And there's also the introduction of movements hanging off a bar and things like that. So it is quite, um, it is like you say, quite niche. However, everything that we have on our website is free. And everything that we have on Instagram is free um, and it can be used for all sorts of populations that just love going to the gym during pregnancy and postpartum. So head there if, you, if you're not thinking that the postpartum program's for you. Um, but if, if you do do high intensity sport, if you, if you lift and if, you, if you've ever lifted beforehand and want to get back into lifting, I would highly recommend getting on to a program that's similar to Hatch just because it will progressively load your body as well as do all your postpartum rehab, which is really important. Awesome. So we'll have a link in the show notes to all of those um, parts of your website for people to be able to find you. Now we've covered off a lot of information and a lot of topics today. So if you were to summarize, I guess, your key messages for anyone watching and listening, what would they be? a really good question I would say we are fitter than we've ever been before but we need to shift our mindset because our bodies are changing but our minds are still responding um, in a way that that perhaps they used to so our bodies and our lifestyles have um, quite a lot of stresses on them these days um, but so the main message for this is be kind to yourself and recognize this on the first instance that you're going through. You may be a very high achieving individual and very used to that, but pregnancy and postpartum is a process. So be kind to yourself, um, manage your expectations um, and also see if you can find some advice for um that's specifically tailored for someone with your specific mindset. So if you are of the more competitive mindset, see if you can find communities like Hatch that um, will support you in this slightly more vulnerable stage to get from where you're at now and to accept where you're at now um, in all the changes to your postpartum body and your postpartum mindset also to get you back into the sport that you love and the fitness that you love it's perfectly possible to do that and, and to do it really safely as well. And there is, there is room for awesome careers in fitness after having babies and an amazing mindset about your body. But it's just finding, finding the right community to help support you, I guess. Absolutely. Well, no doubt, as I said, that we'll have all of the links through um, to your to your website and where people can reach you um, if they've got any questions or anything like that. But I've really loved this chat today, Kat. So thank you so much for your time and really hope for the opportunity to chat with you again in the not too distant future. But in the meantime, just stay safe. Thanks again. Take care. Take care. Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kittypedia, the podcast. 
You can have full access to Kidipedia by visiting our website at kidipedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.